Start of a school year. Next week, we are going to start a four-week series in the Gospels, just looking at the idea of what, it, what does it mean to believe? How do we trust Jesus? How do we work through so many of the things that get in the way to actually trust God? Uh, but the, today, we're going to do a little bit of a standalone message as we are thinking about kickoff Sunday and everything going on. Um, we want to talk about one of Crossview's core values. When I first came a couple of years ago, we mined a way to find out what our values are. Values in most organizations are not something you aspire to be. They're the realities that drive the organization. And one of the values at Crossview is we value the next generation. It's been that way for decades. It's that way that we value kids and students and families. We pour time and energy and resources into that, and we will continue to do that. And some of the reasons we do that are the realities that we see around us. George Barna, who is one of the leading researchers around all things church and Christianity, says this. He says, the majority of Americans make a lasting determination about their about the personal significance of Christ's death and resurrection by age 12. Most people make a decision for a decision for Christ by age 12 and it gets exponentially harder. That's why we're going to talk about trust and belief the next 4 weeks exponentially harder after that. First pastor I worked for who had planted two very successful churches, he said one of the key marks of a healthy, growing church is that they have vibrant children and student ministries. He says, to a T, you find a church that's doing something that's alive, that's active, you will almost surely find a vibrant children's and student ministry. And so why do we take one week to talk about kids? Listen to this statistic from Barna. This is a very recent one. In the United States, the latest statistic tells us that six out of 10 young people permanently or for an extended period of time, will walk away from their faith starting at age 15. Does anybody else find that disturbing? Six in ten young people in the church at age 15 will permanently or for a long time walk away from their faith. And I don't know about you, but at Crossview, we're simply going to say, that's not an option. We will not be the church that says, that's okay, just go do what you want. We want to, in our kids and in our children, produce a faith that matters so they want to continue it. We're not strong-arming them to be a church. We want them to have a faith that actually matters. We also believe that matters when we look across that kids in general matter. I remember about nine years ago sitting at a big conference down in Chicago and Bono of U2 was being interviewed. And you know he cares deeply about things on a global level. And he was basically reprimanding the church for the fact that we weren't doing things for kids and clean and all these things globally where something could be done. And then three years ago, went back to the same conference, Bono was interviewed again and he said, thank you very much, church. You are making a difference. And the point of it is that we also believe as a church globally that there are children living on the margins who don't have what they should so that they can live, education, whatever it might be. And we are called, we feel that that's part of what we are called to do as a church. We simply want to say kids matter at Crossview. And so we jump into this text, beautiful text, four verses. 
Mark chapter 10, there's a lot going on in this. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13, it says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. It was common practice in the first century that a famous person, a rabbi, that you would bring your children so that they could be blessed. And then here it is, but the disciples rebuked them. Imagine the disciples sitting on the outside of this scene and Jesus is gaining in popularity and they want to make sure Jesus is hanging with the right people and they see this situation begin to happen. The children are being brought to Jesus. Maybe they're even cutting in line, a parent is, to bring their child and the disciples step in the situation and basically reprimand everybody. The uncomfortable part of this, if we're honest, we have to say Why? Why do the disciples, seeing this situation, step in and say, this is not how it should be. Jesus, you're not hanging with the right people. Dirty, noisy kids. But that's a little bit in all of us. And Jesus is going to show that his kingdom, the reality of how he views all, is very, very different than what we would see. Verse 14. When Jesus saw this, so he notices the disciples are reprimanding people, he was indignant. Going to come back to that word. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. There's three words there that I want us to break down a little bit so that we can get our minds and hearts around why we care for kids, why we care for children. First word is this idea of indignant. Jesus was indignant. Mark never softens the human emotions of Jesus. If you read the Gospel of Mark, he's very okay with Jesus getting angry or being sad. And this word for indignant is, has the idea, it's like a child when they're teething. Their gums are irritated and they're just annoyed. And that's what Jesus, as he sees the situations, that is the feeling that he has. He is indignant at the disciples for stepping in. And there's this three-letter word that actually carries a lot more significance than you would, you would think. Let the little children come to me. That word for let means this. It refers to leaving or abandoning a place of belief. So he says to the disciples, you believe that I need to be hanging around the right people. I'm going to call you to abandon the way you see things. I'm going to call you to abandon who you think is important. You see, in the first century, one of the faithful Jewish prayers that they would say is this. Thank God that I am not a slave, a woman, or a child. Jesus is going to change how they see those who are powerless, how they see those who are significant. In the poorest places in Egypt in the first century, up to half of those born died by age 12. It's said that poor Gentile families would actually abandon their babies if they couldn't support them. Children were not valued. And Jesus redefines, turns who is valued up on its head. It's intriguing. The text before about marriage and divorce in Mark chapter 10 is very much about giving, giving women more value than they had in that culture. Jesus is turning things on its head. And then that line, for the kingdom. Jesus is going to give them an idea of what his kingdom, what he's in charge, here's what things actually can and should look like. 
It's not going to be by force. It's not going to be the, the, the spiritual leaders of this time thought it was about moral reform. Jesus is turning all of this on its head, and we're going to see how it happens. Verse 15, truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. It's a beautiful verse. That this future kingdom when God is fully in charge and things are made right again is actually available now. It's a gift to be received. It's a realm to enter. It's available now. And the question becomes, how do you enter it? How do I get that? That place where God is in charge and things can be good. How do I get that? And it's simple. Trust like a child. Isn't that intriguing? This is what we're going to break down the next four weeks, but it's the simplicity of trust like a child. These children that are being brought to Jesus are most likely very small children. It tells us that Jesus takes them in his arms. So what happens in that moment when Jesus takes these little children in his arms? I think there's two things. If, if we want to understand trust like a child, I think there's two things. One is they're not self-conscious. Isn't that one of the beauty, beautiful things of small children? They're not self-conscious. And they're completely dependent. When you hold an infant or a small child, you, you see both of those. There, there's no sense of looking around, what are people thinking of me? And there's complete dependence on the parent. And so Jesus says, if you want to enter this new reality that I'm talking about, where heaven actually is coming to earth. It's not about moral reform. It's not about lifting up a sword. It's simply trust like a child. Abandon any, any sense of self-conscious, what are people going to think? And trust that God in Christ can make you whole again, can forgive your sins and bring new life. Again, the next four weeks, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. And what gets in the way? And then verse 16 says this. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. The Kingdom New Testament translation says this, that he hugged them. That not only was he upset with the disciples and how they were seeing things and how they were trying to fix the situation, that at the end of the story, these four little verses that Jesus takes the child, and says again, children have worth in my kingdom. So why do these four verses matter for us? Why do they affect how we think and how we should live? Philippians 2.5 says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Friends, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ you should be pouring yourself into the Gospels. We are called to imitate who Christ was. I love this passage in James 1.27. It says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. At Crossview, if you are a guest this week, we are so excited you're here. And I'm excited you're here for this statement. At Crossview Covenant Church, every child matters. Period. Every child matters. 
That may not seem like a big statement, but think about it. This last week, I feel like I had my eyes open a little more looking at the children around me. And I noticed them. I saw, I saw South Sudanese kids and white kids and Chinese kids and African-American kids and on and on and on. Heard about unborn children. I noticed the kid who would not listen to his dad last night at Cole's. And my daughter who maybe didn't listen to me really well either. I saw the kids in my neighborhood get excited for school. On Friday morning, I got a tour of MRCI. And I thought of these, those amazing people when they were kids. I noticed all the different kids at Hoover and Dakota Meadows as we went to our kids' conferences and all the other schools in town you could put in there. And all of these kids, every one of these children, matter and have value. So how do we live that out? At Crossview, how do we try to truly live out that they matter and we want them to know and experience the love of God demonstrated in Jesus Christ? I want to talk about three things. I want to talk about our kids here at Crossview. I want to talk locally. What does it mean to be about children in our city? And then I want to talk a little bit about what that means for us on a global level. So first thing, our kids. At Crossview Covenant Church, our children, our kids matter. We want to see them have a vibrant, amazing relationship with Jesus Christ that transforms their lives. That's what we're called to do all the way back to the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. That was the Shema of the Old Testament. It was the pinnacle of what they believed. They would say that multiple times a day. That is the essence of who we are. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. The point is, as families, talk about God with your kids. It's not just an at-church thing. One of the things that you'll hear us talk about often around Crossview is this idea of sticky faith. That we believe... The family matters, but we want to come alongside you as families and help your kids grow up to fall in love with God. And so we want to put a sticky faith, a sticky web around your family where there's other adults, next generation sort of people who come alongside your kids and your students and show them the love of God. The church I was at up in Edina, one of my, my favorite people there, was a well, well-respected doctor up in the cities. But the coolest thing about him is that for about two to three decades, every week, he taught fifth grade Sunday school boys. Pretty cool, right? We want people who believe the pouring into our children and our students actually matters. It's the old Hillary Clinton line, it takes a village. And it does. It does. So our kids matter. Second, locally we believe children matter. We believe every 
kid in this city matters to God and thus matters to us. On Thursday night, I had the opportunity to be at the Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge Gala. And it is a Christian recovery program, and the majority of them are in it for about 12 to 13 months. And I've seen them numerous times, but every time as you listen to their story, there's, there's often this common theme. And the theme has to do with some pain, some experience, something that happened in childhood that really messed up their lives. And it made me think, as we look at Mankato, what is God calling Crossview to do in our city so that we can help make a difference in situations like that? We've been talking for the last year around these vision pieces that God has for us. We're talking about planning a church, and we're talking about we need to add on classroom space to this building and things in the Congo and those type of things. But the one that is the most vague, but I think we're maybe the most passionate about is God is bringing more and more families to Crossview. And as we look at that, we believe God is directing, calling us, leading us to care about families and children in our community. So what does that mean? And I ask that question because I want you to be thinking and praying about that so that we're in that together as a community. What is God calling us to do for the children in our city? And then globally, kids matter. Globally, kids matter. There's this very, very uncomfortable text in Matthew 25 that I'm going to read. I'm not going to comment on it much. It's the parable of the sheep and the goats. It says this, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. And here's how he knows the difference. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, invite you in or in need of clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? Go visit you. The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me. You who are cursed in the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do, for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. What we do globally in our community for people on the margins is part of our call as a church. It's not a choice we get to make. It's our call as the local church to be about justice for those 
on the margins. It's all throughout Scripture. We have been blessed and we will be a blessing. So how is God calling you to care about children, about kids? In our church, in our city, in our world, what is God calling you to do? Maybe for some of you, you're, I don't have the time, I don't have the energy, whatever it might be. What if you just chose one family at Crossview and just prayed for them every day? That's simple. Choose if there is not a family at Crossview that would not want your prayers. We will all take your prayers. Amen? Amen. Choose a family and pray for them. Lead a small group on Sundays or Wednesdays of kids. Volunteer in the nursery. I just walked through the nursery on the way into the service. I mean, talk about a lot of energy. If you want to get tired and have a good nap on Sundays, volunteer in the nursery. Sponsor a child. The new deal that World Vision has for the Syrian refugee crisis is amazing. 20 bucks a month. Make a difference. Caring about kids. It's something that we at Crossview believe is of the utmost importance. Kids here, kids in our city, kids globally. We want to make a difference for Jesus Christ. Father, God, we are far from perfect when it comes to this. But Lord, we want to be your church. We want our children, every child and student in this building, we want them to grow up to love and follow you. And that that type of life, God, would be the thing that directs everything that they do. And then, God, we also want to be a church that is caring about those on the margins. So, God, I pray that you would continue to lead and guide and inspire us and give us courage and strength. That we would always point people towards your son. Pray this in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.